So good evening, everybody. Um, welcome to class six of six. So this is the last class. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's been a really sweet ride with you guys here in this room. This is the third, I think the third one that I've done. Third or fourth? Third. Third or fourth, I think third. Six-week series that I've done in this room. Yeah, and there's just really something nice about it. Again, I don't know if it's just because I'm familiar with this school or because I'm from here what exactly, because it's always sweet to do the six-week courses in different places anyway, but I don't know, there's something even more so for me to be here. It feels always very, yeah, warm, and yeah, this is my community, so to say, so it's just really nice for me to do it. Um, and I was talking to Melissa, and I was just saying that I had an interesting day today as I was driving, so I went and taught at MIT today, and um, on the way back, my brakes stopped working, so I was driving, and I kind of pushed the brakes, and nothing happened, and I pushed harder, still nothing, pushed it all the way to the ground, nothing, so just kind of, so there's no resistance. And then with the brake against the ground, then I put my weight into it, and then the car would kind of stop. So that was kind of a weird, unexpected part of my day that I had to drive very mindfully, I would say, to <laughs> not, you know, seriously, and I had to get on, I, was, I had to go on 93, and you know, so I was on the highway, and I had to kind of figure it out. And it was just before rush hour, so I had to kind of figure it out in a way that I didn't really have to break. But I also wouldn't go that fast. So it's kind of this really strange um, ride up where I said to myself, seriously, like, you may crash like on the way back. I don't know. I, and I had my hand the whole time on the e-brake just in case something really happened. I could also resort to that. Um, so that was just kind of like an interesting interlude in my day today. Um, which kind of was just a reminder that life is not in my control, which is always a good reminder. Just to remember that at any second, random shit can happen and you just never know. So <laughs> just putting that out there. It was also interesting for me because when I went to MIT, um, sometimes really difficult finding parking down there, so I always, I teach at 12, but I leave at 10. And more often than not, I'm kind of like still rushing to get in the door because um, sometimes I'll just drive around for a while looking for parking in, in Cambridge and it's really hard. But today it was easier, so I had almost an hour, so I went and had some lunch and kind of made my leisurely way towards MIT. And for whatever reason, I got to MIT Medical and I stopped on the steps and I there was construction. I was just watching the crane kind of picking up stuff and throwing it, and it was really cool to see just these huge blocks that, you know, probably weigh five times as much as I do, just being kind of, like, easily tossed away by these big machines and something really cool. Like, my, my inner five-year-old boy was like, wow, cool, big machine doing stuff, you know. Um, and as I was watching this, these two students approached me, this boy and a girl, and they just said, excuse me. And I was like, oh, yeah? And I, I thought maybe they were, you know, my meditation students from last time that wanted this. They said, oh, um, is there anything that um, you would like us to pray for? And I was really, wow, okay. That's a cool question. Like, very taken aback suddenly. 
So I kind of was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then I thought, and I thought about myself and everything I'm doing in my life and this. And, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm actually okay with all that. And then I thought about my father. I'm like, oh, yeah, my father could always use some more prayer. So I said, you know, yeah, I could pray for my father. Talked about my father a bit. And so, uh, you know, so the boy put his arm on my shoulder, and we kind of stood in this little circle, the three of us, and they did these prayers for my father, and it was really beautiful. And then I said, thank you. And they said, yeah, it's, it's probably not often that somebody comes up and just offers you prayers, huh? And I said, well, actually, strangely enough, this happens a lot with me. Not, you know. And they were kind of like, oh, you know, really? And I kind of, you know, said, well, yeah, I was a Buddhist monk for all these years, and I teach meditation. I'm actually teaching here. And so kind of opened up a little bit about who this random person was that they wanted to pray for. And then, um, and then kind of the next thing that he said was that he started talking about Jesus and kind of with a little bit of that feeling that I thought, oh, okay, this is, you know, they want me to know about Jesus. And it was kind of one of those missions from their side, so to say. And um, so it was interesting because I kind of listened. And then as they started talking, I actually just kind of stopped them pretty close to the beginning. And I said, do you guys think that Jesus is an exception or an example? And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, do you think that Jesus is the only way to God? Or do you think Jesus was saying that God is accessible to everybody? And they said, well, we think that Jesus is the way to God. He's the only way to God says this in the Bible. And I said, really? Because I think that Jesus was actually saying that God is accessible to everybody. Because he went in, he saw there's like the Pharisees, and there's this whole institution that was saying, you know, there's all these outcasts that aren't allowed access to God, and that God is only allowed through the system. And Jesus kind of came in, and he said, no way. Everybody can touch God. God is really there for everybody. And to say that God is only accessible through Jesus, that's almost like contradictory to what his message was, which is saying God is accessible to everybody, and now you're saying it's only accessible you know, through him. That's a, that, that he would be contradicting his own message. That doesn't really work. And, um, and then they talked a little bit about the Bible to me, and I said, well, you know, I think that there's this institution called the church that is an institution that had a lot of say in what the Bible actually says, and that's actually different than this person, Jesus, who was maybe saying something else. And then um, the boy took out a piece of paper, and he started drawing me a, a little diagram. And he was like, OK, but look. And he drew kind of a circle with a heart in it. And he said, so our original state was in this, this paradise. We were kind of in God's love and God's purpose. You know, but then something happened. And now we're in this place where it's all fractured and broken. And that thing that happened is called sin. You know, and I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, fractured and broken, and we try to do all these things. We want relationships, and we want this and this, and nothing really works to fill that brokenness. So we're kind of still broken. And he said, but when you believe in Jesus, then you can come back to that place. And I said to him, well, you know, in this definition, in this, in this diagram, my definition of sin is forgetfulness. And I said, because we forget that we are connected to God, we are connected to all of these things. And it's funny, because actually I don't even believe in something called God in that sense. I mean, so I was, you know, in my time as a Buddhist, I definitely realized there's a lot of higher forces at work. Um, I don't know if there's one, um, but I do believe that there's a huge interconnection that we're all part of, and, you know, we can kind of go on. But just for the sake of this conversation, I said, you know, 
Well, I believe it's about forgetfulness. And I said, you know, when we forget that we're connected to God, that's when we do things that are harmful to ourselves and to others. That's what creates this fracturedness. And through the message of Jesus, which is saying that God is accessible to you, that you can reconnect to this greater thing, this purpose, that you are a part of everything, that's how we get back to that place, because you remember it. And they were both like, oh, that's actually a really interesting way to think about it. And they said, but, you know, the Bible says this isn't this. And I said, well, what if somebody was born on a desert island and that person never had the chance to hear about Jesus? That person would go to hell just because they never got to hear about him because they were born somewhere else? And the girl said, you know, that's something that I've struggled with too. And I said, yeah, that wouldn't make sense. That would actually contradict the whole thing about, you know, this love. And then the boy looked at me and said, yeah, but, you know, really, from all the people in the world ever, he said, Jesus is the most important person. And I looked at him, I put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, no, you're the most important person. And then I looked at the girl, and I said, when I'm talking to you, you're the most important person. And it was really this interesting kind of dialogue where, um, you know, yeah, I really felt that they wanted me to, to, to believe in this, this system. But that system, on a very kind of fundamental level, disagreed with my own heart, with really what I feel because it felt very disempowering, it felt very fragmented, it felt like there was kind of these judgments and this thing you have to do to do. And really it felt like I don't really feel anything called love in all of that. And this is a propounded system of love, and I was like, I don't really feel the love in that. That feels actually more like I felt almost like oppressed when they were talking to me. I was like, no, like, actually it's more about knowing that you have the ability to connect to yourself, that that this, was an, this person was an example that said, you can connect, you can love people, this unconditional love, this, this connection, this state of being, we can all really reach this. You know, we can all be these, these examples of love, and that's empowering. It's this empowered way of living, an empowered way of being. And then I saw the time, and I said, okay, so I have to go, actually, thank you. And, you know, and I left, and then I said, you know, so you guys are students here? And then they said, well, actually, no. Um, you know, even though he had a backpack on, one was from Florida, one was from, I think, Virginia. And yeah, I guess that they, you know, kind of looked like students to do this on campus, but actually weren't. Um, so that was just like a very interesting interaction to kind of go through, to then go and sit with kind of the students and faculty at MIT and lead them into meditation and then have no breaks in my car when I got out. So I don't, I'm sure none of that's connected, but it's just. <laughs> So I find myself now here in this room with you guys again. Um, as it's the last class, it's always really important for me to, um, to use the last class as a time of reflection as well as some, some more practice, of course, but to really reflect on what we learned in the last six weeks here. Um, kind of what things stood out to us and what little pieces we've taken away or how this has changed or transformed us because it's really important to reflect on this both for ourselves but also for the other people in the room to kind of, um, you know, ignite their own recollection or their own memory of kind of what this has been for them. And that's especially important because after today, right, there is no more meditation class on Wednesday nights here. So you will all kind of now have to be self-sufficient in your practice until we start up another one of these. And it's really good, um, especially on this last day, for you to walk out of here thinking how you want to move forward 
with, you know, this practice, whether you practice in the form of meditation like I'm teaching or whether you just decide to go for walks in nature or whether you decide to just be more kind to people and communicate more clearly when you need to. Whatever it means for you to carry the messages that you've learned here forward in your lives, um, it's really important to kind of clarify that for yourself and also try to make a bit of a, even a commitment for yourself and a doable commitment, right? So I don't expect anybody to say, I'm going to meditate every morning for two hours, and, you know. But for you yourself, what is it that you would like to bring into your life? What would you like to change? How, how would you like to see these six weeks as a, as a momentum flow into your lives and, and what that could do? Um, because ultimately, our lives, as much as, like I said before, with my brakes not working, are really out of our control. There's also a whole nother part of our lives that only changes when we actively engage with it, right? So on one hand, right, at any moment an asteroid could hit the Earth and that's that, right? And also, if you're just kind of sitting around, you're unhappy with the way things are going, you're, you're kind of, um, I don't know, in like a funk or a depression or something where you just feel like in general your life's not really feeling the way that you want it to feel every morning that you wake up. What do you want to do about that? And I think it's a really simple, straightforward question that a lot of people, for some reason, never think to ask themselves. What is it actually that, that I want in life? What do I want to do right now in my life? What would make me happy? How would, how would this life be more fulfilling to me? And to slowly make the steps in that direction. And I think we're often more concerned. It's like concerned about our health concerned about our finances, concerned about our families, concerned about our purpose, concerned about what's happening in government and around the world, that there's a lot of like worry and concern and a lot of our actions are based almost more from a place of, of fear or uncertainty than they really are from a place of saying, you know, what does it really mean to love myself? What does it really mean to, to build a loving relationship with my life? And what are just like the really simple steps I want to take to get there? Um, I just saw on Facebook that um, it was, um, who is it? Steve Martin is doing like a, a master's class online, like an acting master's class. And it was really interesting because he was just sitting there and he said, you know, um, a lot of people ask me, you know, where can I get a good headshot? Who's a good agent? You know, like what are these first steps that I can take to, to move my career as an actor forward. And he said, but almost nobody comes to him and says, how can I become good? How can I become a good actor? And it's kind of the same thing that I think a lot of us, we never really, we always think about these next steps, like, oh, like where, where can I go to eat tonight? And what can I do groceries? And where do I want to go on vacation? What movies? And this and that. And we're always kind of thinking about things to do, or things to get, or things to become, or to have but never really looking on a very simple level and say, but how can I really make my life um, you know, happy? How can I make my life, um, what's the word, fulfilling? How can I really make my life fulfilling for myself? And I think a lot of people maybe don't even think that's possible anymore. <coughs> I think a lot of people actually have lost hope for some reason that life can be fulfilling and that like joy 
actually exists. I think a lot of people just forget this. I don't know why. So, um, so I'd really like to use, yeah, the next bit of time just to go around the room and maybe each person could just say for themselves, yeah, just what they got out of this class. I know you're just kind of here to see, so. Um, but yeah, just kind of what you got out of it. And, and if there's anything you, you have noticed that you are bringing more into your life, or if there's something you would like to bring into your life, or even like a next little step you want to make. Um, and I think that'd just be like a really beautiful thing to do. And then we can then take the rest of the class to really go deeper into the practice. And if you have any last questions to ask me about meditation or, or life or whatever, we could do that too. Um, so maybe we'll just start with Melissa and we'll